0: Welcome to the special focus meeting of Obreedas Anonymous. Today is Wednesday, the 24th of August, 2022. We are delighted to welcome Andrew Kaye to share his experience, strength and hope. Andrew came to OA in late August 2019. He grew up in Minnesota and now lives outside of Chicago. So thank you for being with us today, Andrew, and over to you. Thank you. Thank you so much. It uh, is a tremendous privilege for me to be with you guys today. Uh, As it was said, I'm Andrew Kay. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive eater, recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. And that's what I would wish to share with you a little bit uh, this afternoon or this morning, I guess, depending on where we are. There's a lot of uh, very neat and interesting accents I heard in the uh, in, in the opening here. Mine's very boring. As she said, I'm from Minnesota. So if it sounds like uh, just, a, just a generic Midwestern ac- accent, that's what you'll have here uh, for the recording today. But uh, what I want to do is just really share with you guys, um, you know, my, my journey and program and, and my hope in doing this is that, you know, what I saw is we have some people who are very new to this program. Um, and, and so I, I want to speak specifically to people who are newcomers, but also I saw, I mean, I, I've been in the rooms long enough here at almost three years that, that I know that there are people in the rooms today who are really struggling, because that's been my experience in every room I've been in since I've been here. And so I'm I, I you know I, I'm thrilled that there are people who are crushing it today. I, I'm hopeful that that's everybody, but, but I know that there are going to be people who are really in a hard spot right now. And so I wanted to share with you kind of an experience out of the darkness a little bit and, uh, you know, n- not by anything that I've done, but but just to offer you some identification and, and hopefully some hope. Uh, and so um, uh, with that, I will uh, share with you my story. Probably easiest to get some of the numbers out of the way. Um, as as uh, Gail said, I, I came into program late August of 2019. Uh, when I walked through the doors, I was 411 pounds. Um, I have lost almost 170 pounds, and I've been maintaining that weight loss here for, you know, uh, some long period of time. I'm not exactly sure how long I have been absent since, since I came in. Uh, For the purposes of of just setting the stage here, Rita, if you wouldn't mind just sharing that one picture I I shared with you, if that's okay, we'll just get that out of the way. It's uh, pretty much like every other picture I I had, depending on when you saw me. I only took two types of pictures in the 38 years before I got to program. There was the type where I was really big, like I am on the left, and there was the type where I was less big, like the one that I'm on the right, and you can go ahead and, and, and take that down. Uh, the reality is, is that uh, I, like perhaps many of you, uh, really shied away from the camera. I was the guy who was 100% behind the camera all the time. I refused to be uh, be seen in pictures because pictures had this way of making me seem much uh, fatter than I perceived that I that I was. It was this really odd odd dynamic. And so the truth is, I don't have a lot of pictures. The one that you saw there was not at my highest weight. Uh, that was about a, a month and a half into program. I was, I was probably only in quotation marks. I was probably only about 380 pounds then. Um, but it gives you a sense of where things were. And so uh, my story starts as a guy who has quote unquote, always struggled in the food. For as long as I can remember, um, you know, if I was eating, it simply was not enough. um and 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 the volume was there from the start. Um, and I know that's not everybody's story, but that's my story and and I just the inability to be satisfied with a quote unquote normal amount of food is something that has always been been, been my journey. Kind of simultaneously, I would say, I was also always a guy who struggled with, you know, fear, you know, doubt, guilt, shame, insecurity, um, anxiousness, et cetera. You know, the, you know, Bill talks in the 12 and 12 about this anxious apartness. Um, and that's my story, you know, uh, you know, fear, guilt, shame, self-doubt, et cetera. And I would like to tell you that that, that makes me unique. I, I don't think that it does. Um, what I have come to learn is is that is is really what it looks like to live in the bondage of self. And that's my story is I have lived, you know, prior to program for 38 years, I lived in the bondage of self. And I wouldn't have used those words before, but that's the words I use today. And, and what I mean by that is I was consumed with me. Um, I was consumed with what I looked like or didn't look like, what I felt like or didn't feel like, what you may or may not be thinking about me, uh, which I was pretty sure was was consumed you because it was all I could think about, and especially around this area of food and weight and diet and exercise, um, that was my life. I mean, like, hey, listen, if I happen to be losing weight today, today's a good day, and I could, you know, tolerate it, and we can move on, we can be friends, and if I'm gaining weight today, which was much more the, often the story, it's a bad day, and, and you know, stay away, and and uh, I have no interest in in life or people or any of those things. And so I started putting weight on, you know, very early. I mean, I was always a pretty big kid. Uh, and so, you know, the line between for me, you know, 200 and, in, in, you know, in late middle school and, and uh, it came back the next summer at 260. And I came back the summer after that at 300. Um, that's just kind of the way that I roll. And, uh, you know, and and certainly uh, people around me were starting to look at that and say, uh, hey, there might be a problem here. <laughs> you know, the that this is not, this is not good for you. Right. I mean, to, to be, to be that big, that fast and, 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 and certainly I conceptually agreed. And so I did the things that many of us do, which is I started to try to control how much I eat, because that seemed to me like the solution would be if, if we could just moderate the amount of these things that I'm eating, then, you know, what life will be okay. And so the truth is, is that, you know, as I got up, you know, for whatever reason, you know, 300 didn't feel like that big of a problem to me because I still felt I had a sense that, you know, like I could, I could dial this back in if I really needed to, or if I really wanted to, I was playing sports. I was active. I certainly was, you know, there was some muscle there. I don't want to give you the illusion that I was, uh, that I was rock solid or ripped or anything like that at 300 in high school. That's not true, but I was playing sports. And so in my mind, there was this justification that, you know, that there was still this sense of control. As the big book says, the great obsession of every abnormal drinker is is that someday somehow he will both you know control and enjoy his drinking, and and that is the stage for my story. And so, what happened for me is, you know, I was doing okay until I hit you know, even at 314 it was like that's okay. And then the day I saw 315 on the scale, it was like the big wooga horn sounds and life was over because I went in one day I went from being you know a guy who was reasonably in control I thought to somebody who was clearly out of control and, and why that 315 was the magic number, I, I don't know, but it was. And so I did the only thing I know how to do is I marshaled up my human willpower and I, I read some books and I went online as many of you have probably done and got a sense of what people do to lose weight and came up with a plan and it, it probably wasn't a great plan, but it was my plan and I executed it very well. And in a relatively short period of time, I lost you know whatever it would be to get me down to about 265 pounds and everybody said, dude, you did it. Nice work. You lost the weight. You look good. You feel good. Still playing sports. And it's like, boom, problem solved, you know, ready to move on to the next chapter of my life. And I proceeded to to transition back into a, a period of quote unquote moderate eating. I don't know if any of you have ever transitioned to a period of moderate eating, but I don't do that very well. And I very quickly, uh, move that line and 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 I started heading back up and I zoomed right past 3:15 to about 3:30 this time and 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 we're talking relatively in you know probably six or seven months worth of time to put that you know 80 or or 90 pounds or whatever it is back on. It was kind of baffling to me, like you know, why I would you know go to all the hard work and lose the weight. You know, I wasn't surprised that I started to put it back on. The part that I couldn't understand is why didn't I stop sooner? You know, why did I wait until I had put on all of the weight again, plus a little bit more? That was just it it just didn't really make sense to me. But I found my myself in a position where I, I didn't know what else to do other than to try to lose the weight again. And perhaps some of you have been there. I mean, it's like, okay, this is not ideal. I get it. I screwed up again, but I will make the correction. I'll lose the weight, and then this time i i won't I won't put it back on. And so that's what I did. i I did it again, and i I lost the whatever it was, seventy or eighty you know ninety pounds again. I reached, you know, for me, playing college sports at what was a normal healthy body weight. I was active in all those things. And, you know, surely I had arrived. I mean, things were going to be okay. And as you would probably guess if you're on the lines with me and you can relate to me, it, the story didn't end there. Um, I proceeded to go back up again. And and I am a guy who is literally like a human roller coaster. Uh, I've I've joked, you know, prior to program that there's two things I can do really well in life. Number one is I can lose weight really fast. And number two is I can gain weight really fast. And that's my story. You know, literally over the next three decades, I rode that roller coaster up and down. I gained and lost about 1600 pounds before I showed up in the rooms, you know, a a program. And then as I told you, I've lost about another 170 pounds since then. And so as I told you, I only have two pictures. The picture is the left one where I was really big. And the picture is the right one where I was really small because I wasn't taking pictures in between because I didn't have it, you know, didn't have any desire to let any of you see what was going on. I would just show up yeah, I would show up to the activities or the family reunions or, or or I'd show up to life every other year. You know, I mean, so if if depending on when you saw me, you might think that I was a fairly normal person uh, because half of the time I looked like a fairly normal person. And then the other half of the time I looked like somebody who was very, very out of control. And so, you know, because of the way that I was eating, because of the pressure starting to ratchet up from the people around me, um, as the book says, frothy emotional appeal seldom suffices, but that doesn't mean that people don't try it. And so there were certainly people that were stepping in behind the scenes suggesting that what I was doing was killing me, you know, which I was not in a position to disagree with that it was, you know, that there was, uh, you know, going to be physical consequences, there was going to be social consequences, emotional consequences, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I I was just not in a position to do much about it I because I was in the middle of you know, my own struggle around the food. And I did all the kinds of crazy things that probably many of you have done with food. I mean, I hid food. I stole food. I certainly lied about food. I, you know, I'm, I'm not a particularly dishonest person in, in, quote unquote, real life. But man, if we're talking about food, like I, I lie, you know, not anymore. But I mean, pre-programmed, I lied all the time, all the time, you know and some of the time it was just the, 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 simple lie of omission. I mean, like, you know, the, the, the actual truth may be like, well, what, are, what have you been eating? Like, geez, I don't know. I mean, this morning I had an apple. I'm not sure what happened. I mean, like, okay. You know, at 11 59 PM, I had, you know, uh, two sheet cakes. That wasn't really your question. What you asked me is what I've eaten today. And I told you an apple and that's true. And, but I mean, obviously in hindsight, that, that's, that may have been true, but it certainly wasn't the truth. And so, you know, the hiding, the guilt, the shame, you know, and, and again, just, just, insane, bizarre behaviors around trying to, as I said, control and enjoy the food. And there were lots of times where I enjoyed the food, uh, because food did something for me that it doesn't do for normal people. Um, And there was actually quite a few times where I controlled the food, but they were never at the same time. Even when I wasn't, you know, actively eating out of my mind, you know, I was white knuckling and holding on for dear life you know, and so it was either restricting the best I could for as long as I could until the tension, you know, I like to think of it as a spring, you know, if you, if you compress the sides of a spring, it gets tighter and tighter and tighter and tighter and tighter. But as you're compressing it, that tension builds up. And that was my story. I mean, I was holding on for as long as I could, the tension was building and building and building and building. And, and eventually it just got to be too much. And the tension would come off and it's like the silly snakes exploding out of the can, they go everywhere. And for me, that looks like, you know, a hundred pounds in six months. And so, you know, it was impacting, of course, as you can imagine, I mean, I, I want to speak a little bit to people on this line who are like me, who, you know, again, I walked in at 411 pounds. And so if you're like me, you know what it's like to have difficulty sleeping at night. I mean, I know what it's like to to to, to choke for air in the middle of the night because there's so much pressure on my breathing, you know, whether from, from apnea or whether, you know, I mean, choking for, from reflux because of the things I'm eating you know, I know what it's like to break furniture, you know, I know what it's like to struggle to, you know, have daily hygiene habits. I mean, even just showering and and going to the bathroom, you know, for, you know, it, it becomes very, very difficult. You know, I know what it's like to walk into a closet, you know, that is literally overflowing with clothes, but there's nothing in there for me to wear. I have lots of clothes that are too small, I, I even have some clothes that are way too big, but nothing that fits me today, and it doesn't really matter where today is. I mean, my, my closet looked like a department store. Many of the things still had tags on them because i I couldn't maintain my weight long enough to even wear the new clothes that I bought, you know, and so I would stuff myself into whatever the couple of items of clothes that I could wear. I'd wear the same clothes all the time because I didn't have anything else that quote unquote fit. And it would reach a point where even that became a problem. and it's like, you know, forget this, I'm not going and buying the whatever X clothes. I'm drawing a line in the sand today and, and, you know, this is it. And, and unfortunately what the book says is that if you're like me, you know, you're unable at certain times to bring into your memory with sufficient force, you know, that, that, that humiliation or the consequences or the devastation of even a few weeks or, or you know, days or weeks or months ago, and I'm paraphrasing loosely. And that's my story. I mean, all of those things that should have registered as problems, you know, the time I came home from, from work, I mean, I, I do medical sales for a living. And if any of you have, have worked in healthcare, you know that uh, hospital scrubs are really dangerous, right? Because everybody wears the same color and they just come in a variety of sizes. And so the difference between wearing a large and an extra large and a 2X and a 5X, you know, we're all in blue, blue scrubs and nobody knows the difference, you know, I mean, I, you know, relatively speaking. And so I had been gaining weight and gaining weight and gaining weight. And and, and I had a time where I had to go meet with the surgeon um, over over lunch. And it was kind of an impromptu meeting. And I you know, rolled with my business partner by the house. He said, Hey, dude, run up and, and we got to get changed up. To, you know, throw on a shirt and a tie. Let's go. And I got up. And the truth is, is that I didn't have anything that I could even pretend like it fit. And I had to walk downstairs and say, I can't go. You know, why not? Because I don't have any clothes that fit. And that's a tremendously humiliating place to be, tremendously humiliating. And in that moment, I was convinced, like, this is it. I, I will never go through this again. And I set out and I, and again, I marshaled my human willpower the best I could for as long as I could. And I lost the weight and, and I didn't eat compulsively until I did again. And and of course I went right past that high part, part where I was there because I, you know, cause I, I walked through the rooms in in late August at the highest weight that I've ever been. And so that is a sense of what that looks like. I mean, if you are a person who is struggling in in the, you know, in the pits of, of despair i know what that looks like the last 15 months before i got to program you know first i lost a hundred pounds in about seven months you know again doing what i do and then if you if you've read the big book of alcoholics anonymous you know there's a, a spot in more about alcoholism where it says suddenly the thought crossed my mind that maybe if i my whiskey in the milk, it wouldn't hurt me so much. And I had my suddenly, I mean, I, I was flying, I had lost all the weight. And suddenly the thought crossed my mind that maybe I needed to tweak the plan. And for me, tweaking the plan looked like sunflower seeds. And uh, and if you can eat sunflower seeds, I think that's awesome. But I'm a guy who can't. And uh, the difference between me starting sunflower seeds that day and uh, and, and being in a full-on binge and, and gaining 108 pounds in seven months, I, I couldn't even tell you when it when it crossed over that line, but I just know that it did. And so I was gaining weight incredibly rapidly over that last eight months. And, you know, they talk about fun, fun with problems, just problems. I mean, I'm the guy. I I wasn't eating to escape. I was eating to overcome a physical craving. I would start and I would have to go again and again and again and more and more and more. And And I ate on the way to work and I ate at work and ate on the way home from work. And then when my wife had dinner prepared, of course, I ate that too. And then I got up in the middle of the night and I ate. And something happened on August 29th of 2019 that had never happened before. Um, it wasn't particularly unusual in the way that I was eating because, again, I was eating around the clock. At 2.30 in the morning, I was doing what I did every 2.30 in the morning, and that was – I was binging. I was probably you know 10 or 12 bowls of Fruity Pebbles in and, and five or six peanut butter and jelly sandwiches in. And if you are the kind of person who eats in the middle of the night when nobody else is awake, you know it's a, it's a tremendously lonely place to be. Uh, because everybody else in the world is sleep, sleeping peacefully. Um, and that's where my wife and daughters, they were asleep. And I was eating because I had to. And the thing that changed for me that had never happened in, in the previous 38 years is that I, I got a little glimpse of the truth for the first time ever, because I, I had always tried to convince you and everybody else that I was right on the cusp of having control. And that turned out not to be true. The truth is, and I saw it as clear as I've ever seen anything in my life at 30 in the morning is, I wasn't right on the cusp of having control. In fact, if you gave me the next morning and every other morning for the rest of my life, it was not going to be any appreciably better than it was right now. Uh, Sure, I may, you know, for a day I would be okay or even two, but that this was what it was going to be because I simply could not control how much I eat, period. That was the truth. And I knew that to my innermost self. You know, and this idea that I was in relatively good shape for being 411 pounds, I would have tried to convince you that too, you know, and I would have even gone so far as to find some other people that were 411 pounds and, and point them out and say, see, like, I'm not that guy, you know, I'm doing okay. And the truth is, is that I was totally out of control with my weight. You know, there is no way to be 411 pounds and be a healthy body weight. I mean, unless you're like 12 feet tall and and I'm, I'm six, three, but that's, that's a far cry from 12 feet. You know, there there's in the illusion that I may be right on the cusp of having things reeled in was totally smashed. I knew to my innermost self that this was it. It was going to be like this forever if I didn't get help. And, and you know what? if you can gain a hundred pounds in eight months or six or seven months, whatever it was. I mean, I went from 300 to 400 in about eight months. And I knew if I have another eight months, like the last eight months, I'm 500. And I hadn't been 500 yet, but I knew that's where, I mean, like, again, that's like a, a few a few bad months. In the line between 500 and 1,000, you know, there was no illusion. I mean, in the old days I would have said, I, I could never, that would never be me. And there was no illusion that that couldn't be me. I am that guy. And I knew that I was that guy. And the shift for me was a little bit of humility that came in. You see, what I have realized with the benefit of hindsight is, you know, when I talked about living in the bondage of self, a tremendous part of that is ego. It takes a tremendous ego, you know, to, to be 411 pounds and believe that you have the solution. You know, people are trying to help. And I'm saying, like, listen, I know what I'm doing. And I really, at the time, believed that that was true. And that's obviously saying it out loud today. I mean, I just told you I gained and lost 1,600 pounds and I was 411 11 pounds. No sane, rational person looks at that and says, yeah, this guy probably has a pretty good handle on, 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 on what he's doing here. Let's just leave him to himself. But in my mind, like, you could not convince me otherwise that, that I didn't have the su- solution, that the answer wasn't me, that the answer wasn't, I had controlled it before. I'd proven that, I thought. You know, the fact that I had to lose the weight a hundred times, you know, should be evidence that it's out of control. But in my mind, it was evidence like I lost weight a hundred times. You know, who else can do that? You know, I mean, it's just absolutely bonkers. And so that that ego that kept me separated from from you all. I mean, you know, why I didn't come in earlier? I mean, it was suggested to me, probably my wife suggested to come to OA about once every year for five or six years. And I didn't. And the truth is, I didn't come for two reasons. You know, number one is is I could not conceive that if I couldn't figure this out, that that there was anybody else that had hope. I had zero faith that if I didn't know how to do it, that any of you would have the solution. That's what I thought. I, I thought it would literally be rooms filled with people who are a thousand pounds. And I didn't want to go there and be like, okay, listen, we're all fat, I get it. Don't eat so many Oreos, you'll be fine. That's what I thought. My other plan was to, yeah, I briefly contemplated losing all the weight again. And then I would come in you know, at a normal weight and then I would say, hey, listen, guys, look, I'm at a normal weight and you would say, obviously you don't have a problem, you don't need to be here, but thank you for gracing us with your presence. And then I would go on my way and have a good life. And so all of that had been stripped away, you know, by the food. It says, you know, thankfully the, that alcohol beat me into a state of That reasonableness. That's what happened. You know, the food was the great persuader. I stayed separate for so long because my ego was so large and because my pride was so large. And that doesn't mean that I always thought well of myself. Quite the contrary. I mean, there were certainly lots of times where I sat on my throne of judgment and looked at all of you like you were morons, but I spent an equal amount of time, you know, living with the secret and the guilt and the shame that I'm actually a huge piece of crap. That's what I thought. And that if any of you knew the real me, you know, that you wouldn't like me either. And that's an untenable place to be. And the only solution I knew prior to program to deal with that untenable situation was to was to be in the food. And unfortunately, if you're like me, when you pick up the food. I lack the ability to control it because I, you know, what I've come to learn is is that I think my body and my mind react differently than a normal person. And so, can somebody give me just a? I I promised I was going to watch the clock. I've done a terrible job of that. Are we halfway? Three quarters of the way? Just give me a. You've got together. eight minutes, Andre. Eight minutes, love. Th- then let's get into solution for eight minutes here. And so as I <clears throat> rolled through the rooms again, I, I think there was a little crack of crack in my heart that opened up and, and allowed a little bit of humility and and I came to learn some things. I I I came to the rooms and I raised my hand and said, I don't know anything. And that was the truth. And it wasn't just about not knowing anything about the food and the weight and the diet and the exercise. I was pretty convinced I didn't know anything about anything. And I just, I just wanted help. And I just raised my hand and I said, what do I do? And the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous is where I found my story. It spoke to my heart in a way that nothing else ever has. And and I just started in on that journey. And, and uh, it's, it's been a pretty wild ride. And I want to be real clear that it isn't anything uh, special that I've done. Uh, you know, again, I'm just the guy binge eating Fruity Pebbles at 2.30 in the morning. But what happened is, is I, is I got in and I learned some new information. That's where it started. And I got a little bit of identification and a little bit of hope. I started to hear people talking about food the way that I had secretly and shamefully used food my whole life. And that was actually very liberating for me because I, I honestly thought I was the only one. You know, and, and not only were people talking about it, but I mean, like I was reading in books where people were behaving this way, like well before I was even born, things I thought I had invented about like sneaking food, people were doing that before I was even born, you know, like this idea that I was so terribly unique had, had been smashed. And so I, I just jumped into the deep end of the pool. And not only did I not know everything, I started learning some things that were really radical that I'd never heard before. This idea of a, a physical allergy that, that there are certain foods, not all foods for me, it's not, it's not all foods. It's certain foods that when I put them in my body, I cannot you know, predictably tell you how much I'm going to have. I can't control the amount. You know. And, and does that resonate with me? Somebody asked me in the beginning, like, like, listen, if that were true, if your body was reacting differently, would that make sense to you? Like, I had a thousand stories that that would make sense. You know, my, my, my wife and I, when we got our first house and her mom brought us three dozen brownies to celebrate, you know, before bed, I had one, she had one. We went to bed. I got up to have another one after she was asleep. And and I really only intended to eat one more because I don't want to be in trouble when the morning comes. Does anybody know that story? Like, like, listen, I don't, like, I don't want, if, if this gets away, it's going to be a big problem. So I'm just going to have one. But one isn't enough. It's just not. I don't know what it is. It's just not enough. So I have two and then I have three and then I have four and then I have five. And in about eight or twelve in, it's like, this is really becoming a problem. Now he's gonna be very upset in the morning. What am I gonna do? But you know what? It's already a big problem because she's gonna be upset that I had 12 brownies. Like, whatever, forget it. And I ate three dozen brownies and then I finally could go to bed. You know, I mean that does does that sound like like an abnormal reaction to food to me? Like, yeah, that makes sense. You know, talked about this obsession of the mind, you know, that, that my brain works around food differently than, than, the, than a normal tempered eater. Does that make sense? Well, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, who else, you know, would after, I mean, if you gained a hundred pounds once, like, okay, it got away from you. It happens. You know, you were a little sedentary, you ate a little too much, you know, better luck next time, get it figured out, lose the weight, you'll be okay. Even a second time I could maybe think like, that wasn't very smart, but you know, you're busy, life got, 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 away from you, whatever. Five minutes. But thank you. Thank you, Rita. But dozens of times, you know, who signs up for that dozens of times? It, it, it is just ludicrous. It's baffling to think that somebody would do that unless, again, they had something about them that was abnormal, something that was unique. And so I have come to believe that, that if you're like me, you're bodily and mentally different from your fellows. And there are, there are real consequences of that. You know, anybody who ate like I ate, would get to be the size that I get. That's not, that's not the problem. You know, I came in convinced that the food and the weight were the problem. You know, I really thought that. And I don't think that today, because if the food and the weight were the problem, then then I would be fixed. I haven't eaten any of those alcoholic foods or ingredients since August 29th of 2019. It's coming up on, it'll be three years here pretty soon. That's, a, you know, I'm pretty sure that's worked its way out of my system by now. And if it was just the weight, I was so sure when I came in that the weight was the problem, you know, that if, if I could just lose the weight, you know, and, and then I'd be at a normal, healthy body weight, then I would be okay with me and, and you'd be okay with me. And I could start life fresh and all that. If that were true, I have been in a normal body weight for, for a person of my size and frame for a couple of years now, you know, and, and the truth is, is that none of those solve the problem. The problem for me is the restless and the irritable and the discontent in the selfish and the self-seeking, the dishonest and the afraid. I mean, what we'd call spiritual malady stuff, what the book would call spiritual malady. And that hasn't gone away. It's a lot better than it was, you know, but that's the problem. That's, you know, the the food for me is the solution to the problem. You know, the the food, it it, it says we drink because we like the effect produced by the food. And that's that's my story, the sense of ease and comfort. I know what it's like to grab the frosting and go, And in my experience, life builds up to a point where that that it's either going to be that, which does work for a very, very brief moment in time, like about two or three seconds, you know, or I can get relief from working the steps. And that's where I have found my relief today. And, and what the book promises as a result of working the steps and does match my experience is that we'll be safe and protected from the food. I'm experiencing neutrality today around the food. Not only am I not eating those things, but I have no desire to eat those things. You know, there's it's it it just, you know. There's a whole world that's opened up that doesn't include um, what I eat. And I, it's a world I didn't even know existed. And so uh, in the two minutes I have left, you know, I want to give you guys just a sense of hope again. Not because I've done anything great. God's been really cool through this process. But, but relationships are being restored. You know, life is, life is getting pretty good, right? I mean, I, I can get out of bed and I can walk down the stairs in the morning. And it doesn't take me 10 or 12 steps of, of excruciating pain just to kind of get the kinks worked out. And if, if you're like me, you know what that's like to take that step out of bed. It's painful. You know, I, I, I have pictures today. You know, one of the amends I've made to my girls, you know, I, I robbed my girls of years and years and years of having pictures with their dad out of my own selfishness and self-centeredness. Nothing else. Because it was always about me. And so I have pictures with them today. Lots, actually, because the deal is if they want a picture, they get it. No questions asked. You know, and so the ability to be present. I've had Thanksgivings and Christmases with my girls. I've had birthday parties with my girls where I, had, you know, I haven't even been in the bathroom with cookies in my pockets. I've just been there putting my heart on on serving them. And that's a it's a pretty radical place to be if you're somebody as selfish as I am. Because I spent a lot of birthday parties yelling at people because I was mad at myself, because I had eaten things that I said I wasn't gonna eat, because I was hiding in the bathroom with cookies in my pockets because you had the audacity to take a picture of me when I wasn't even ready, which made me look really fat. You know, give me the camera so I can smash it into a million pieces. You know, I mean, like living in that bondage is no way to live. And and by God's grace today, that's not the place that I am. And so it has been, a, it's it's a growth process. It's been a journey. It's been a lot of learning through the steps. I'm not nearly as generous and, and, uh, and, and great as I thought I was when I came into program. I'm actually a pretty selfish, self-centered person. I'm so selfish that even like when I try to do things like make breakfast in bed for my girls, um, sometimes it's not about them. It's about me still, because if they're not doing cartwheels around the kitchen to tell me how awesome I am and how lucky they are to have me as a dad, I'm like, hey, guys, what give? You know, like, oh, wait a minute. That's me again. And so that, that's that's really what it's about today is it's it's about constantly, you know, it is a pro- program in my experience of ego reduction. It's a program of humility. That's where I am today. That's, you know, that's what I continue to do the work on today is to try to become, uh, you know, who I was made to be and to serve in, in the role that I was called to serve. Um, and I'm hopeful that, you know, part of that is what you and I were able to do today. So I'm very, very grateful to share with you guys. I'm so glad that you're here. It's amazing to me that 155 people could jump on a computer from all over the world um, you know, on a Wednesday morning or evening or afternoon, depending on where you are, and sharing the fellowship, it's, it's a tremendous privilege. So, um, with that, I'll see you guys in our past.